Welcome to The Agent's Angle, the premier podcast bringing you the latest from the football agents industry with me, Jonathan Booker. And me, Peter Paleologis. In this episode, we will be talking about the spectre of fake agents and the recent story of how one high-profile former football star has announced his intention to address the problem. In addition to that, we will also be looking at a couple of news items and other topics that are pretty current in the agent space. From agency mergers and acquisitions, along with some key notices for licensed agents in both Italy and France. All that coming up on this episode of The Agents Angle. Hi Peter, how's things going? Very well, um, been a very interesting day or last couple of days. The uh, Women's World Cup has hit Australia and New Zealand and um, we've got a lot of visitors, got some great games and yeah, it's going to be a festival of football. And recently also I um, attended a football writers festival in Sydney, Australia, which was very, very interesting and met some very interesting people both authors, journalists, and even uh, probably the best commentator, I would say, in Australia, Simon Hill, if not Asia. Philippe Auclair, a French journalist, was there. Tariq Panya, very well known around the world with his football research. And also Thomas Hilsberger, an ex-player and identity in football at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Some interesting people there and some very insightful people. And the interest in writing about football seems to grow and grow and grow. And good to see that the Festival of Football has certainly hit Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, it's a really good writers' festival. I mean, this year, a big year of focus on international guests, some fantastic books covering all different areas of football. So very, very good festival. And I would recommend it for visitors to come to Australia. But of course, it's Women's World Cup time and it's great here in Australia. A lot of people, so fantastic. Anyone who's thinking of coming, please come down under. From a overcast UK, it's certainly a very... Attractive prospect, if not just to improve on the weather and get some football thrown in. Now, moving on with things, we've got a big news item, which we will come to in due course, concerning what I would consider to be an absolute superstar of a player and a fantastic forward. But for now, let's just have a brief look at other things. I think you've been looking at some of the news items that are out there at the moment. Yes, I have. Firstly, we mentioned at the last episode about licensing and that everyone who wanted to sit this September exam, any aspiring agent needed to register by the end of this month. For the agents who've had a look at the agents portal, the FIFA agents portal, they'll see national federation licensing to have their licenses recognised. And that's mainly to do with Italy and France, who both have, I would call, statutory regimes in terms of player agent licence. And recently, both in Italy and France, there has been updates in relation to their exams. I'll just go very briefly through it. Firstly, with Italy, the CONI, which is the Olympic Federation Sports Agent Commission, they've opened up a registration for the general test preparation for a sport agency. And that's going to be undertaken by in e-learning. And that's scheduled for October this year. And also... The French Football Federation, in conjunction with the French National Olympic and Sports Committee, who are involved in the licensing, with licensing in France, it's recognised as a profession by the government, by the statutory bodies, 
by the Federation and the National Olympic Committee. They've got their next session of their general test. The first test for the year to obtain a sports agent license will take place on the 21st of November, 2023 in Paris. So anyone who's in France or Italy and need to take an exam, please keep in mind those two dates. Yeah, it's certainly important because obviously what we're dealing with for those who don't know in France and Italy is that you're actually dealing with national legislation and the law and the federal law over there when it comes to football agents. So it's important that people are aware of that, that on top of the FFAR and the new licensing they need to be aware of. Um, I'm going to go all rock star on you, Peter. I'm going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Jay Z's Rock Nation acquisition of a South American football agency. There's quite a trend for these takeovers and acquisitions, and it's always been the case that we've had agencies merge because of strength, and also to get more of a footprint and so on and so forth. But I find this one particularly interesting because, alongside the other agency acquisitions and mergers, and obviously the biggest one is one involving CAA and ICM and Base and Stellar and all of those big agencies now pretty much falling under one umbrella. I think. Rock Nation's approach is slightly different in that they have looked at the South American market and realised that not just is it a case that they could establish themselves down there, but it's far better to combine their knowledge and their influence with specialist knowledge down there. So rather than just the acquisition of a client base, they're getting that regional specialist knowledge in South America, regional influence and experience. And actually, Rock Nation VP and uh, head of football, I believe, is Alan Redmond. And I... Yes, it is. Yeah, and I first became aware of Alan back in my AFA days with the Association of Football Agents. And Alan's a good guy. Well, in my opinion, Alan, is a, he's got his focus in the right area. He's very focused on building the relationship with the player and forming all those services around them. So I think this is a good move for both. It's a good move for Rock. It's a good move for TFM, the South American agency. And it's a benefit to all those players involved in that. And I think it's a benefit to South American and Brazilian football as well. I think it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, look, you mentioned an interesting point. In the MLS, I believe around 30% of the players are from Latin or South America. So that's a big client base that's coming into the MLS. And obviously, Rock Nation are a part of that. But also, in terms of expanding, and just like you mentioned, CAA, Creative Artists Agency, and so have come into the English market, I think they see an opportunity here. And when you've got players like TFM Agency have, one of the biggest Brazilian agents, over 100 players, including Vinicius Jr. from Real Madrid and Martinelli from Arsenal. It's an agency that we really focus on in acquiring. So that is um, a very interesting move. But there's, this is part of, I would say, Jonathan, an interesting trend that's occurring. I came across a, an article or a blog on LinkedIn, and it's from Fax Consultancy. They're an Amsterdam-based sports agency consultancy. And then mentioned, interestingly, there's a rise in football agency mergers, not just at the top level, but also in the middle level. And that's changing the football landscape. The reasons they mentioned for merging, global expansion, we just mentioned Rock Nation. So global expansion opening up in different markets, financial strength, leveraging scouting systems, technology, marketing, and including better services to clients, 
expertise and specialization. Previously, you needed different people in different markets. So I think specialization is an important criteria to get people in the know in different leagues, markets and clubs, and also enhance negotiation power. By merging, you've got more players, probably more players in bigger clubs, in variety of clubs, and more solutions for clubs. So it's quite an interesting article. And uh, what's come out of Rock Nation's purchase could happen a lot more often. And I think with that, it's an interesting topic. And we're going to hear more of agency mergers and acquisitions as the landscape changes for agents and agencies. And certainly one to keep an eye on, as is the progress of Rock. Yes, it is. I mean, Rock Nation, I think, are ambitious and are looking for opportunity, and as our, as we've seen also in the club space with American investors. So I agree with you, John, and watch this space. But another interesting and arguably more important issue at the moment is a story of recent weeks regarding agency it involves a former Chelsea, Marseille and Galatasaray star with the title in one English newspaper reading, and we're referring here to Didier Drogba, Didier Drogba takes on the scourge of fake agents scamming African players. The story is about Didier Drogba, very respected, high-profile player, done so much for football, who's launched a campaign by the International Players Union, FIFPRO, to prevent young players, many from Africa, being scammed by fake agents. And pretty much the term fake agents headlines that article. What are your thoughts? Okay, It's a sensitive subject for so many people, but just looking at the basics of it and looking at the outline of the story, firstly, the term fake agents. What is a fake agent? For me personally, I think it's probably a term dreamt up by a football press department somewhere or or maybe a journalist. But for me, a fake agent can mean any number of things. It can mean an unlicensed agent. It can mean a runner or... They're sometimes referred to gophers who work for licensed agents. It could be actually a licensed agent who makes promises and doesn't keep them, whether they intend to keep them and can't or whether they have no intention of keeping them. Or even somebody who claims to be a scout. And we've got that blurred lines of between scouts and agents. And that's something we'll look at as well in the future. But this isn't just an issue of one geographic dimension. Africa is arguably the area most affected by this problem, but there's variations on fake agents and promises preying on the dreams of players and families all over the world, Europe to Asia, South America to Oceania. Now, onto the statistics that FIFPRO have quoted with this. And you know I love digging around to validate statistics and separate what are good stats from bad. Yes, I do. <laughs> The question marks for me over this, and I haven't got the full data, I've got what's being quoted in the articles and what's being quoted by FIFPRO. So the first question I've got, only 263 players were part of this, this survey, and that's just seven countries. And it doesn't include Nigeria, which is arguably one of the most football-driven African nations, in my opinion. And it doesn't mention the Ivory Coast, which is important because it's Drogba's home nation. So how accurate is this data? Are these primarily scam players? And that's not me devaluing the research or the figures and saying there isn't a problem. I'm actually saying there's probably more of a problem than those figures. I think if you went broader and really dug into this, I think it's it's more of a problem. Now, without getting too political or courting controversy, 
there are a lot of genuine cases of football trafficking. But there are also a lot of cases from what I've researched around this subject over the years, where football trafficking as such is used as a front for other reasons, which doesn't help address the issue. So in that respect, it's important to look at each case individually. There's some legitimate cases, and there's some that aren't always what they seem. I've witnessed it myself. I've heard it reported in a variety of ways. Not the very severe ones we're hearing here of abandonment and extortion, but there's definitely people taking advantage of the situation and taking advantage of players and their families. There is. Whose responsibility is it? I would say it's all of us. All of us involved in the sport and around the industry, including legitimate agents as well. These are young men and women, after all, if not children. It needs to be addressed. And I just ask the question, why is it taking FIFPRO so long to really look at doing something on this? And that's not saying they haven't looked at it in the past. And a lot of the articles that you will find on their website and in various media sources demonstrate they have had concerns about it in the past. But is it the profile of the player involved, having Drogper involved? Has that motivated them or given them that leverage and his role with FIFPRO Africa? And also, Jeremy, the former international, also holds a prominent position within FIFPRO as well. So hopefully... It's a progressive and proactive step by FIFPRO. Now, trafficking, it's a strong word to use and a very emotional, provocative and politically charged one at the moment in so many countries. But for me, there doesn't seem to be a better word for it. Some have argued that in football, trafficking isn't relevant because these players do it voluntarily. I would argue it is trafficking. There is fraud and or deception. Now, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong here. You've obviously got the legal background and you, you've got more knowledge of trafficking. You've you've done articles, research and papers on trafficking in football and know a lot more about it. So from your research of trafficking, is it an applicable term? I would say it is an applicable term. It's basically exploitation. It's And interestingly, right now, there's a, I would say an NGO called Mission 89 who really focused on um, providing advice, projects, warning different uh, stakeholders about trafficking in football, but not just football, in other sports. But I think it's a big issue. It's a regulatory issue. And it, as you mentioned, needs all the stakeholders involved. We know that from Africa, a lot of players looking for opportunities into Europe, into Asia. It's very difficult to stop. But at the end of the day, if everyone comes together and really builds an understanding where they can deal with this scourge, I'll call it a scourge, that the issue should be dealt with. And I think we can talk a little bit about it with our guest who's coming up. We're going to have him here very shortly, who is in Africa, knows the fake agent space, and I think he'll give us a little bit more about what's happening in that continent. I don't think we can argue on this point. It is very important. It does need addressing. And the only way we're going to address it is with collaboration and all participants or stakeholders, however people want to term it, actually joining together to address it. So it'd be interesting to hear more from somebody who is there and knows the environment a lot better in which this is happening. 
On that, I think there is no better thing to do to bring an expert on the subject of African football, and in particular, football agents in Africa, to give us a focus and educated view on this topic. And I want to introduce to our listeners, Eddie Iseri Ogdenmudia, who's based near Lagos in Nigeria. He's a FIFA-licensed football agent with several years of experience. He's also a pioneer graduate of the FIFA Executive Program in Football Agency. He's got vast experience in football, in marketing promotion, and also currently as an agent managed Super Eagles, Nigerian internationals, including Itabo Ogunakaro and Akpeki Daniel. Eddie, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a great privilege to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Basically, we want to talk about fake agents and in particular fake agents, how it affects Africa and African players and their pathways into Europe and not just Europe, Asia and other parts of the world. But I want to start off with two statistics. 30% of players in England are African background. That's huge demographic. So a lot of talent. So I obtained a stat from a source that the Confederation of African Football, the recent exam, about 75% of the applicants passed the exam. So there's a lot of African agents who've come through. Now we're focused on fake agents, and that's a big issue. There's a lot of players, and African football's booming. And a journalist that I met recently at a writers' festival had mentioned that African players make European football or other football entertaining. They bring the X factor. So there is a demand for exciting African players. You've had a chance to have a look at Didier Drogba's article. What do you think of it? What do you think of Didier and FIFA Pro are trying to do here? And you're on the ground in Africa, in Nigeria in particular. How do you see it from your perspective? Basically, uh, we agree with Drogba on, on that particular position, stating fake agents coming into Africa to maybe in connivance with African agents to see how they can perpetrate this crime of uh, uh, defrauding prospective players. You know, a young of a lot of young African players they follow the European football, and they desire to be top stars like Michael Essien, Drogba, and the rest. So they really want to to take the chance to see how they can go um excel in that kind of line. But the quest to make it to Europe is what these uh, fake agents are taking advantage of. I want they do they they not demand for money. Unfortunately. Players that ought to be wooed by agents, they are not the one worrying agents, looking for agents that will make them realize their dream of playing in Europe. So in that instance, you know, because the tide has changed, they now do the quest of say, oh, you have to pay some money before we can make this your dream come to reality. So I think whatever Droba say, I will agree to some extent that is true. Because personally, as an agent, I've been approach be severally by, by young aspiring footballers to take them to Europe that they are willing to pay as much as I demand. I said, I don't need your money. Just go get yourself fit in a local club. Over time, if you are talented, your talent will showcase you. You don't need to be the one to uh, drive your move to Europe. So unfortunately, we have a lot of talents in Africa. And because they believe that they don't have a chance, if they don't have a reputable agent that could make their dream come to pass, I think that's how they fall into the hand of these fake agents. Eddie, if I can just jump in there. From your perspective, what proportion of agents in Africa would you estimate are legitimate and licensed? Okay, for now, I think with the recent uh, regulations, 
talking about all being lancers by FIFA, I believe legitimate agents in Africa should up to at least 50%. Why the other 50% are fake agents? And unfortunately, some of them are evil club owners also acting the role of agents. So you can see them uh, parade themselves as agents and want to act as agents. So I would say about 50% they are legit, they are licensed agents and they are doing their business legitly. And I think we'll agree with the article and, and Didier Drogba and FIFA, a key to this is education, but doing education in the right way. What education is given on such issues to players and their families and, and who's actually responsible for that education? Okay, basically, I, I would say the, the main thing is in Africa, we don't really have this medium of, uh, let me say, academy or maybe a platform whereby these players are actually giving education aside what they are being taught on the field of play. They are only focused on their tactics. They focus on how they can improve their game. But the other aspect that is very important for their development as professional footballer, I must be honest with you, is not being taken care of. And over time, I would say those that ought to be responsible, they ought to be the football federation down to the regional level. They ought to organize seminars, especially when they organize championship. Instead of focusing on the tactics on the field of play alone, there should also be education on how you carry on as a professional footballer. I must be honest with you, that is lacking in Africa for now. Personally, what I do, like the agency I work with, we represent a lot of clubs. And over time, ultimately, we, we actually organize seminar. We visit this club and we tell them to put their players together and we educate them as an agency. Though that is not supposed to be our responsibility, but we take it so that they will be educated and be aware of different time of happenings, maybe the changes in the regulation with FIFA and other issues that relate to them. So you can have issues of players, for example, in Nigeria that will be signing for club and having a current contract and are still going to sign for another club when they have existing contracts. Some of them, they don't know. They believe that nothing happened. They could get away with it. So some of all these things are the aspects we are taking the education to these players. I think that even with the perceived resources across Europe, I, th I think the education aspect is so important. And I think the education is flexible in other areas that nobody's truly educating players and families on the true aspects of agents. Do you think that apart from players and their families, that there needs to be education on agents to a broader community, i.e. coaches and scouts and club officials, and dare I say people who work in academies and not associations, do you think that could actually help address issues such as fake agents? I think that aspect will actually help. But in Africa, to, to my best of knowledge, because it's not, I'm not limiting it to Nigeria alone, there have actually been a debt of education of uh, the other parties as it relates to uh, football development. Recently, I, I stumbled on this uh, FIFA Guardian course, and uh, I think I've done about three levels of it. It's an online course, and it actually changed my mindset in relating with footballers, talking about the, the children that have been having sexual harassment and other form of abuse and the rest. So that actually broadened my knowledge and understanding. But the unfortunate thing is that a lot of people don't take advantage of these kind of courses to broaden their knowledge. And as rightly said, the coaches, the scouts, and everybody involved in football business, they ought to be educated in line 
with the dynamics of football. That is why you can see FIFA upload and changes the RSTP almost quarterly. Now, if we want to look at it from the way of the scouts, the coaches, and the other parties, I would say to some extent, there are some FAs, like in the South Africa FA, I think I read some time ago, they usually organize seminars before the start of the league to educate all participants of the league to be abreast of the happenings and all the rules that pertain to uh, participating in the league. So if they can actually put in place such kind of organization of uh, courses, some of them, they maybe even a paid course and other courses, I think it will really help them to, to be aware and acquainted of happening around the football circle. If I can come in here, Eddie, you wrote an article on trials, the new trial regulations and forms that FIFA's brought in. It was, it was a very good read and very well put together. Do you think the new requirements in relation to trials for minors as well as older players, players over 18, may have an impact on dealing with fake agents, dealing with trials that are badly organised, dealing with abuse of players? Do you think the new trial requirements, for example, moving from a club from Ivory Coast or from Botswana or from Ghana and going into France or England or Scandinavian countries and having those forms lodged with FIFA and, and between the clubs, do you think that's going to assist in dealing with, firstly, the fake agent problem and, secondly, the abuse of players or the misrepresentation to players of what to expect on the other side when they are trialling? Yeah, certainly what FIFA actually intend to do with that regulation is to see how some of all these uh, issues are, are taken care of, talking about issue of fake agents and also abuse of players. Because, you know, trials, when I'm talking about trials, we have issue of responsibility. That is, when the player arrives in that new country, who is responsible for his welfare, who is responsible for his issue relating to health, who is responsible for his feeding and the rest, is where about at any time. So these are some of the issues that FIFA have looked at and believe that, okay, so if there is a definite agreement between the parties involved in trial and they sign off their responsibility before the trial proper, whatever falls short of the agreement, they could hold someone responsible. That is the essence of that regulation. And personally, if, I, if FIFA could hold on to that regulation and implement it to the end, I think to some extent they will bring an end to the abuse of players that are on trials. I've heard of cases whereby a club invited a player for trials and the player get to the club and he didn't meet up to the standard they expect. They quit the player from the hotel allocated to the player when they know that the player return flight ticket is still about two months away. They say the player should go and take care of himself or he should find a way to reschedule his ticket and leave the team camp immediately. This is a player you invited. This is a player that you saw already. You believe you have some potential. You, you saw some potential in this player and you invited to your club. Then after some few days of training, you believe this player is not of the quality you wanted. Then you abandon this player. So in line with the regulation, no club will be allowed to act in such a professional way. And there are limits to which and timeline. So we, we will be having cases of players going for trial for as much as three months. So at least three weeks or one month maximum, you would have seen all what you need to see for that player. Then maybe either you agree to give a player the contract or you send the player back to the country of origin. Now, 
on the aspect of fake agent, fine. I believe whoever that is taking responsibility, for example, the club taking responsibility as related to the trial of a player, we want to deal with licensed agents because there are sanctions in line with the FFA arrow. There are sanctions that goes to clubs and players that deal with fake agents. So if somebody is proposing a player and is not licensed, as a club, you need to stay clear of that kind of transaction. And I believe FIFA will, will handle this sanction to see that there are some examples that will make some persons that prefer dealing with fake agents to stop forthwith. So I believe with a trial and with this license regime that is up now, fake agent to some extent will gradually reduce. Not that I would say it's going to be wiped out. And just going back to the article on loans, I will actually make sure that the link to that article is put in the description for this show. For players, for agents, managers, coaches who might be listening, I recommend they have a read as well. Just talking about player unions. Now, on the linking to the drug per article, there's a couple of case studies regarding players who fall and prey to fake agents. And it seems that as with all around the world, Player unions and how they represent players differs and how they support players differs. How are the player unions in African football addressing such issues and helping and advising players, not just on the matter of fake agents, but agents as a whole? Is that good or is it very much of a mix? The player union, certainly they are supposed to to be the, the body like supporting the federation and supporting players. Players should be their priority. Any association, just like the agents, the driving seat of an agent association, it should talk about the welfare of the agent, how they operate, to make sure they operate within the confines of the laws and regulation as stipulated as agents. Players, you know, are also, especially the aspect of education, they are also to play the driving role to say, oh, player, this is what you are supposed to do. These are your rights. These are your responsibility. So peradventure, a club or someone infringes on your right, know that this is what you ought to do. This is the appropriate to seek redress. This is the appropriate to report. So when we're talking about fake agents, the player union are supposed to play a role in educating the players on identifying fake agents that will approach them. So the players, you know, unfortunately, they are not playing the role they are supposed to play. Totally agree once again, Eddie. I seem to be repeating myself. We, we're agreeing on a whole heap of things here. Eddie, um, just a couple of final questions. What would you do in regards to addressing fake agents? I, I just want to mention, from your observations, are a lot of agents coming from Europe to scout talent or from other continents as well? Is, have you seen that? But how would you address fake agents? Anything else you think would be an, a good initiative for FIFA or FIFPRO? Okay, perfect. Uh, we actually have this trend of some persons coming to parade themselves as agents to scout for players and give them trials opportunity in Europe. It's something that happens often. In fact, as I speak to you now, there are series of competitions at tournaments that are being held in all, all across Nigeria with some persons, some persons acting as scouts, promising, uh, they will send invitation and invite these players to Europe and some of things that the promises never come to. And for me, I believe with this kind of program you are organizing, I must commend you, a lot of people that will listen to it, they will be abreast of 
how they need to do their homework and checks on some persons parading themselves as agents before inviting them over to come and scout for players. Because if you don't take note of those checks and those verification yourself, because in most instances, the, the teams or whatever company that is hosting that competition, they are the ones that are footing the bills of those agents. They will buy business flight tickets for them, take care of their hotel, and after spending about two, three days in Nigeria, they will go. And because they don't really have any deal to do, they will, they will just keep on promising and nothing happens. When these people that are involved in organizing this kind of tournament are educated and know the nitty gritty of this business, I believe they won't fall prey to, to fake agents. Because I remember some time ago, uh, a tournament someone needed to host, he needed to just do some verification and he reached out to a player of a club that the agent claim is coming from. He said he's the official scout of the club. And the player said they don't know him in the team. So, for example, now if the organizer did not go forth for that verification and check, he would have invited a dude from Europe, spend his money on him, and nothing will happen after that. So, I believe with wider education, some of all these issues will be, will be taken care of. If you had one wish, Eddie, what would it be for the agents industry? And in particular in Africa, I know you're a member of the African Football Agents Association and with Michael Sadeki being the president there. What would you be your wish for the agents industry, in particular in Africa? I must be honest with you. My wish is, one beautiful thing is that the African market is very peculiar. It's peculiar in the sense that some of the things that are normal in Europe and Asia and other parts of the world, they seem strange. As I speak to you now, especially in Nigeria, there is non-existence of the player status committee. So when there are disputes, for example, your player is being old, there's no way you can take that case to rather than the, 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 the courts. And you, the court process, it takes a lot of time. Why the tribunal would have dealt with such a case in three months or thereabouts, and everybody knows his position. But some of those, uh, those tribunals, they don't exist in most African federations. So I think FIFA should consider us and see how they can, will I say they will be on the toes of, of our federation to make sure that some of all these bodies that are operational in other parts of the world, they're also operational in Africa. That is one of my major wish. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, really appreciate you coming onto the show. Thank you for sharing your insights and your information. And this topic of fake agents is one that's still out there. Didier Drogba's raising it again. And I think FIFA now, with the implementation of a framework of the new regs, hopefully will finally deal with it. And it's not just the fake agents. It's a lot of people who weren't registered previously as intermediaries, are licensed agents, as Jonathan mentioned earlier. So it's a big space. What we need is enforcement, enforcement in Africa, enforcement in all the other continents, and we hope that uh, the fake agents and the misleading of players and their families um, stops by FIFA, by FIFPRO, but also all us agents who working hard, being transparent and ethical and really want to do the best for the players. Jonathan, any final words? No, I'd just like to thank Eddie for coming on. It's always good to get expert knowledge from somebody who's actually working in that environment. Eddie, thank you so much for your time and agreeing to come on. It's it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this privilege. I'll be willing to join you anytime you so need me. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. 
Jonathan, that was a very interesting conversation with Eddie. And one final point about Eddie and really why I wanted to bring him onto the podcast, besides the fake agents issue and looking at Didier Drogba's media release or article through FIFPRO, is that Eddie is actually training the mentor, the facilitator of an agent's training course for the September exam for African agents, mainly, I think, Nigerian agents through the African Football Agents Association. So he's really helping a lot of the agents, aspiring agents, I should say, come into the system who aspire to be agents, need to take the exam. And we know that the exam can be quite hard, only 50% passed across the board, 52 to be exact. So yeah, Eddie's doing a lot of good work and great to have him on the podcast. Uh, great to get his feedback and insights and what his view was on Didier Drogba's article, who is the honorary president of FIFPRO Africa, FIFPRO being the players union, who issued a clear warning to a lot of players about fake agents. And if I can quote just a little bit off the article, just to end this fake agent topic, please, Jonathan, quoting Mr. Drogba, Didier, the topic of fake agents very close to my heart. It is not something abstract. It's something I've experienced. When we played matches with our national teams in Asia, Africa, or in Europe, there were four to five players from Cote d'Ivoire, or the Ivory Coast as we know it here in Australia, Cameroon, or another African country standing on the doorstep of a hotel, left to their own devices with no money to make ends meet. Very concerning, very difficult circumstances, and we hope FIFA and everyone else can address this issue of fake ages, misleading players, misleading their dreams, misleading their aspirations, and making sure that people are protected. Yeah, Peter, it's not a pleasant topic, but sadly it's part of football. It's one we definitely have to deal with, and by we I mean everybody. I mean agents, football clubs, players, families, associations, so, so on and so forth. But the question is, has it been adequately addressed in the past? And could this well be a false dawn? And, and this is where I'm going to go, Peter, with this one. And I did my little soapbox thing on the last episode with FFAR. So what I've got to address is why hasn't anything been done for all these years? It's been reported on in the past many years ago, I would say 10 to 20 years, if not more. Around the year 2000, it first came to public attention, I think, with the likes of Solidaire, which I believe is a French charity set up by a former Cameroon international. Albeit, depending on what you read, there's some question marks over that organisation. And following this, FIFA, the old regime, not the new regime we're talking about at the moment, they were all over it whether it was a PR stunt at the time or whatever, that they promised funding and backing to the likes of Foot Solidaire to address the issues. But mysteriously, it seems that sort of funding and backing was revoked in about 2010. There's been a number of excellent books and articles that touch on the subject, and not least, I think it's The Lost Boys, and it's got a side title, Inside Football Slave Trade, and that's by Ed Hawkins. And that was released in 2015. That book is certainly at the heart of this subject. Yes, we're hearing FIFPRO speak about the new FIFA trial regulations and forms, and credit where credit is due. This, this is a welcome step and something I wholly support from FIFA and congratulate them on. It's a step forward. But that was only introduced in November 22. It is a positive. But I can see flaws in the process, I can see flaws in the form and so on, and how it can be manipulated. And if I can see that, I'm sure 
many fake agents and unscrupulous people can as well. Beef Pro, I would say, is it naive that they claim the FIFA football agent regulations will help with such issues? It may do in some ways, but I personally believe it may even exacerbate the problem in others. Drogba says we have to educate players about fake agents, but I think the first thing we have to ask is, who is we? Whose is that responsibility? Is it clubs, coaches, associations? And do those people need education themselves? And in all of this, where's the duty of care from the likes of FIFA and FIFA Pro and federations over the last few years? This is not a new problem. This has been ongoing for some time and it needs addressing. And just as a side issue of this, I don't think some people are aware, even agents, and I've had experience of this on a small scale. There are cases where fake agents actually imitate licensed agents. There's actually an article on FIFPRO's website highlighting the case from 2021 where this happened. So I think there's the the point of legitimate agents need to be involved in this process of addressing it and consulting with the likes of FIFPRO and FIFA on it. I've had it on a very small scale where somebody's used my identity to claim to represent me, to represent a player and exploit them. And fortunately, I was able to clamp down on it. And I've also heard other agents have this and some people have been exploited quite a lot but there needs to be proper engagement in some territories that's the case i know in australia you have great engagement with the players association and also the football federation in australia but there is an element of distrust and belief of conflict of interest as player associations some of them act as agents themselves or have an agency arm And there is a suspicion amongst some that the aim of FIFPRO is actually to act as agents in the future. I won't go into detail on FFAR on that. I promised I wouldn't. And I think there is an inkling of that aim from player associations or whether it be FIFPRO to act as agents. And that needs to be clear. I genuinely think that FIFPRO are focused on this issue and not distracted elsewhere But is their focus too much on professional players who at the highest level don't need that support? Is this a shiny new thing? Are we going to see it through? Or in eight years' time, are we going to be moaning the same problem again? So in getting off my soapbox, I apologise for that, and I apologise to everybody listening, but I think this is a good thing. Hopefully with somebody like Didier Drogba as the figurehead for this and drive this campaign forward. And you've got Jeremy, as I already said, in a prominent position at FIFPRO. And you've got people like Eddie on the ground and his colleagues driving for improvements on such matters in African football. I'm confident that this time we might well see progress and these matters addressed. It won't be solved overnight, but I think with a proactive effort, we should. Jonathan, that's very hard-hitting analysis, but reflects the history and the dealings with fake agents, but also a licensed agent. We've all been affected by unlicensed agents or agents who misrepresent the true picture to players. So it is a topic that won't go away, but I think with FIFA and FIFPRO focus on it, one from the regulatory side and the other looking at a campaign, education campaign, hopefully we'll see the diminishing of the fake agents, in, especially in Africa, but everywhere else because everyone's affected but the responsibility as i said it's down to us as well as much we need to 
keep on this subject. We're not going to file it away. We're not going to say that's a subject done. We've ticked the box. We're going to put it to one side. We're going to keep a focus on this. I'm sure Eddie's going to keep a focus on this. I'm sure Beef Pro are going to keep a focus on this. But there comes a time with so many issues in football and also, and particularly the agents' world, that there comes a time to hold people's feet to the fire, so to speak. And I just hope with this and so many other things with improvement within the agents' world, within regulation overall, also FFAR, that it is genuine, that people are walking the walk rather than just talking the talk. The good thing is that there are people trying to do the right thing, Jonathan, and bring about positive change, including agents, players, and others like Didier Drogba, FIFPRO, FIFA, hopefully clubs, hopefully more confederations and federations also come to the party. And with that, it's time to bring this episode of The Agent's Angle to an end. We hope that you found it interesting, if not useful. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow The Agent's Angle on all good podcast channels. And if there's any topics you want want covered on The Agent's Angle or have any specific questions for me or for Jonathan, then please don't hesitate to drop us a line. We'll do our best to facilitate those questions and provide answers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Bye. The purpose of the Agents Angle podcast is to provide news, information and facilitate discussion on regulatory matters, policies, business trends and issues affecting football agents worldwide. The opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and should never be considered legal or professional advice. Furthermore, the views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Thank you for listening.